This is Movie Night with the Boys. Hi, welcome to Movie Night with the Boys. I'm Zach. And I'm John. And we're a podcast that talks about movies, TV shows, and video games. And today we are talking about Miss Marvel, the season finale, and Stranger Things season four. So, John, take it away. Alrighty. So, this episode of Stranger Things, the last episode called No Normal. The episode starts with Damage Control pursuing Kamran and Bruno while while Kamran still hasn't figured out his powers and how they work. Kamala tells her family about her powers, but they already know because her father was told by her mother and he does speakerphone. It was kind of a funny thing. Yeah, her sister-in-law asks if her powers are limitless or if they need to recharge, which I thought immediately Green Lantern. No, you didn't. I totally did. I totally did. No, you didn't. You got that from the fucking video. No, I really didn't, actually. I, I wish I could say that was true, but this is the one time that I've, I think I knew something from DC. So her mother presents her with her newly made costume, which, as far as I've seen, is comic accurate. Uh, she makes her way across town using her powers to find Bruno and Kamran. Did you notice what the costume was in? Uh, no, I didn't. It's in a milk toffee box. A hell of a carryover from, like, episode, what, two or three? Episode one. The bangle, is it that far back? The bangle comes in a milk toffee box. Then it's oh, ref- you're right. Then it's referenced again in the grandma's house. That's what I thought was the first appearance of the toffee box for some strange reason. Which would have also been episode five. Was it that reason? Four or five. I thought it was pretty sure when they're in, they're, that was that when they're in Pakistan. So yeah, episode five. Oh yeah, no, it'd be four because episode five was basically that five seconds. Oh yeah, I guess. Yeah. So Kamran and Bruno have hidden at the mosque, uh, where damage control immediately, almost immediately, I should say, shows up looking for them. The Sheik helps them get away, complete with the traditional Marvel ball cap uh, disguise. Yep, like every fucking superhero puts a baseball cap on like they're gonna be fucking oh such a such a fucking disguise like get out of here that's so stupid i mean (laughs) at least they didn't have the aviators to go with it yeah well at least at least Kamran actually is calling him bruno now instead of brian so (laughs) yeah yeah there's that too (laughs) so kamala meets uh with bruno and Kamran in the alley after they escape where she's doing this thing that you mentioned this the other day when you were watching the episode. The CG right there is awful. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't recall it looking so bad in like the first time when she started. Like episode two, it didn't seem so bad, and then all of a sudden, the last episode, it just looks like shit. Like, yeah. like what the like what the fuck? Am I playing the Marvel video game? Like, what's going on? Like CGI was ass. I don't know yeah, what the hell they were especially doing. Especially right there, it was it was. So bad. I mean, you know, visual effects teams. I guess they got like, but, but, but I will say it's it's honestly just for when she's moving on those like platforms. All the rest, all the rest of the, all the rest of the CGI stuff is is okay. But like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what they were doing with those platforms. Yeah. Did you feel uh, when she was running through traffic, kind of like Spider Man, the first time he used his powers, and I think it was Amazing Spider Man. A little bit, but not really. Like. I don't know. That was stupid. She stops at the stop, like the stoplight. Like I don't know. That was dumb. Um. So after she meets up with them, uh, Kamran's powers seem to like start bursting out of him. 
which doesn't really get explained, I, I don't think. He just kind of explodes, sort of, not physically, but powers-wise. Then it stops. Well, well you got to remember, too, like, the powers are, like, kind of linked to their emotions and or also their hormones. So, like, oh, yeah. I would assume it's to their emotions, right? So. Yeah. He's feeling all fucked up. He's not able to control his powers, right? So then that's why when you see him later on, you know what I mean? Like, he's not just exploding everywhere, right? He's calm, so he's not... Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, So after that, they make their way to the school to try to hide from damage control. Kamala calls Kareem, uh, the Red Dagger, to get help with Kamran's escape. Uh, We assume, obviously, back to Pakistan. They meet up with Nakia, Zoe, and Kamala's brother in the school, where she comes up with a plan to stall damage control, um, who have actually found them there already, uh, Home Alone style. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I like the uh, the callback to the, the first episode with the plan. Yeah, I love it too, like the, the guys get into school and they think they're about to get exploded and it just starts playing Indian music. I'm like, okay, yeah. that's... It's like a disco ball killed me. While they're there waiting for damage control, the damage control, the main guy, tells the lady, the one that no one seems to like, to stop because they don't want to make a scene. It's already public. They're already getting a view. And she says no. I mean, she tells him yes, but then she's like, no, we're just going to drop everything we got on this whole thing, Uh, which I still think she's a scroll. Why? That still doesn't make any sense. Like, the why? Like, even, like, okay... So even if it is a scroll though, like why would the scroll like why would the scroll be obsessed with these power people? Like you know what I mean? Like they're not. Like you know what I mean? The scrolls that we have seen haven't been like that. So uh, like so I so yeah. I just I just wanna I just wanna know like where where do you get that from? Because yeah, the scrolls don't act like that. Well, but we know secret invasions coming, and it's obviously not the Kree that are going to be invading. No, uh, we could talk. We'll we'll, we'll we'll get into that after. Yeah. But I'll tell yeah, okay. you what, I'll tell you what secret invasion is. What I think it is okay. at least. Yeah. Okay, all right. I'd like to get into that. Yes, Um, in the comics, yes, that's exactly what it is, right? But it seems like the Kree are are good in this, right? In the 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 MC. Yeah, sorry. No, yeah, the scrolls, right? Oh, so you say you say, you think it's a Cree? No, I think that. Or you think it's a? The, you said it. You thought you two sects of scrolls. I think there's good scrolls and I think there's bad scrolls. And then we might get super like super scroll. Eh, maybe. Um. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I still don't think it's the scrolls though, because unless they're like legitimately played, like just played Fury, and you know Fury's pretty paranoid. So I mean, that's yeah, that would be kind of weird for him. I mean, especially since he's up in space with them, right? Yeah, like wearing shorts and shit on vacation. So like, not he, wearing he, any shoes. Yeah, like he's straight up like his guard is completely down. So like, I mean, I don't know if the MCU is yeah. gonna go that way. So I don't think it's gonna be a scroll invasion for a secret invasion. I think it's gonna be something else. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. There is a definite, there's at least a handful of invasions that I've heard about. So, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Kamala tells Bruno about what happened Naja and Pakan, and damage control enters the school right after that. Uh, Zoe sends out a TikTok asking for all of her followers to tell all of their people to come and meet them at the school and help them out with damage control. And apparently it works. So, as the plan is working and Kamran and Kamala are hiding, they end up holding hands and their powers seem to like react to each other again emotions right yeah yeah it must be um so they end up almost kissing right before bruno shows up and distracts damage control with his uh, callback to his dance moves from the wedding uh they fucking cold clocked him with a gun which was like <laughs> a pretty big shock for me i mean there were stun guns 
Yeah, but he's, they, they didn't shoot him. They fucking hit him with the gun. I don't remember that. He was that. so aggressive. Yeah, he was dancing, and one came, like, bum-rushing into the side and just fucking yes. head, right in the head with the gun. It was so fucked up. So the, And then everyone else gets caught, too. Um, the, the brother, Zoe, and Nakia get surrounded. You see them all get caught up and arrested. Uh, Kam- Kamran and Kamala are in the bathroom, and a guy busts through the window, and they're almost caught. Uh, but Kamran ends up using his powers to almost attack the guy, where Kamala stops it from actually hitting him. Um, so they get out of there. And he seems to take a dark turn, like he's almost about to go bad when he finds about his uh, finds out about his mother dying. And it was pretty aggressive, which definitely ties back to the whole you saying emotions reacting yeah. for sure. Yeah, because he was pissed. Oh, yeah, he was. I mean, it was his mother dying. Well, yeah, exactly. So he ends up leaving the school, and he's almost shot by damage control. Crazy, crazy thing to have not refilmed in, in this day and age. Um, I guess it is what it is. Kamala jumps out the window and protects him with her light shield. And they bust out this big, like, sonic weapon that is definitely Stark-inspired. And they blow her whole shit away for a moment. And she starts to crawl around and then says, Ambigan. And you would know a lot more about this because I'm sure it's more of the comics tie-in. But she gets big and it's long-limbed her, it's her catchphrase oh okay and that's what people that's like that yeah that's what people call her powers right so like in the comics like she doesn't really like stretch like reed richards right so that's why i mean so you see how her powers manifested right her feet got bigger and, and her legs extended and her hands got big yeah. and her arms got longer like that's what her power is she doesn't stretch like you know what i mean like she doesn't stretch like reed richards it's like expansion it's in beginning yeah okay All right. i mean i she, played the game it did she embiggens she yeah exactly what i mean right like her like she does like i guess she could be stretchy like that but like she like whenever you see her using her powers it's not like that it's like she makes her hand bigger like again too and like reed richards can't make his hand bigger like that he can flatten his hand out and stretch it out but like it's not like they're different power sets right so elongating and embiggening yeah that's the thing gotcha. yeah so yeah like the embiggening was definitely more comic accurate but like so and that's what i mean i don't know why they are doing this whole crystal thing so yeah hopefully that gets explained later um so she kicks ass for a minute and then comron starts like doing his power explosion thing and then and all these crystals start forming in like waves almost they're just reaching out all over the place people are starting to almost get hurt and she kamala like stops him by wrapping them both in this like light made cocoon that she formed around them and she kind of convinces him to just stop and you know see that he doesn't have to be the bad guy even though he tries to tell her that they'll never accept them she calms him down and you know settles his powers so hulk style hulk sun's getting real low (laughs) Yeah, she's um, stroking his, the palm of his hand. I'm sure that's all she was stroking. For now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so Kamala gets him to stop, and she gives him a chance to run away underground by punching a hole in the ground. Um, Fucking Ninja Turtle style. Yeah. Yeah, just go. So all you, the people... you can get to the harbor from the sewers. Like, how do you how do you yeah. know that? <laughs> she's an expert of sewage. I guess. <laughs> she she's crawled around those ground tunnels for years. So all the people that so all the people that saw Zoe's TikTok showed up and were seeing basically everything happen as it was going down. Um and once Kamala releases the cocoon thing, everyone starts to surround her to protect her. The cops form a line to stop the damage control people from approaching her. And as they're getting their way through she jumps up and does her light steps and gets away. Yep. Uh, With more bad CGI. Yeah. 
That's really it. Is it is the only bad CGI? Everything else looked really good. Yeah, it's literally just like yeah. Whenever she's like moving around, even at the even at the end, like when she just came down off the light pole, looks stupid as hell. Uh, so the damage control guy calls up the lady and fires her basically, says she's relieved, uh, and makes them all leave. Uh, then there's a montage of TikToks praising Kamala, and after that we get her at her house. She's sitting on her roof, and her father comes out, struggles of course to get out of the window because he's an old man. It's kind of funny he sits down and he explains that she is named kamala don't forget i already said this in the first episode yes you, you remember that so yeah you did call yeah. this i didn't uh, call it like that's just i i i, I just what I'm, what I'm saying is i already explained what her name means right like yeah. i did all i did all that like they did that they pulled that straight out of the comics right? that's good and yeah like i stated in episode one or two right uh, i'm pretty sure it was episode one yep. yeah so but he essentially tells her that her name means perfect or wonder or marvel and that 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 i did not say though it was just it's perfect yeah yeah perfect in arabic and wonder or marvel in urdu Uh, and then he calls her there ms marvel giving well he actually calls her miss marvel uh and she leaves and then we get the very well known even to people like me who haven't read many comics uh imagery of her on the light post and it was really really a very cool picture just to see it even if it was obviously in motion i was gonna say you do realize that's the that's the promo picture for the series that's why it's so familiar yeah yeah so the cool thing about that scene, right, is she got her costume from her mom, right? And she got her name from her dad, right? So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I'm doing that. It's, it, is this the first time we have a set of parents that are both alive and have contributed greatly to the life of the superhero, at least in Marvel? I think it is, right? Um, I mean, for the younger heroes, I guess. Yeah, I think the only one that we ever got both parents for anything anything more than just a moment was uh thor because he had frigga and odin yeah but i mean you don't know like black widow's parents are still alive we don't know like obviously obviously steve rogers is dead but like we don't know about we don't know about ant-man falcon falcons well i think falcon's parents are dead they could still be alive though right um (laughs) you know what i mean so like we we don't we don't know necessarily so i wouldn't really make that claim um but yes they definitely are the most supportive for sure yeah and they're definitely one of the few that know like right off the bat her secret identity and who she really you know who she is as a superhero yeah but i'm hoping that that no more peter parkers is what i mean yeah uh so a week goes by and Kamala ends up meeting with Bruno and Nakia, who have acquired Kamran's car. And Bruno tells her that there is more to her genes, like a mutation, which is the first time in the MCU proper that the word mutation has been used as a definition of a person's genetics. And again, I called the mutation part as well, right? Yeah. Word for word. Yeah. And then we got that little stinger of the X-Men 90s, 90s series theme song, which basically 100% confirms that she is in fact a mutant which is weird there was a video that i saw about it that i don't know if i agree with it but the whole concept was because of the fact that when kamala was introduced in 2014 they didn't want to make new mutant characters because fox still owned mutants and they didn't want to give them more properties yes no i know that story but the thing is is she's not a mutant she's an inhuman and i don't know why they're so against putting inhumans in it because daisy johnson aka quake from freaking age agents like agents of shield right is agents of shield non-canon anymore like i think they I said it wasn't canon but i could be wrong like it doesn't 
doesn't make any sense. Like it, it connects with all of the all. Like at the beginning of Agents of Shield, it was all connecting to the beginning of those movies. Like it's connected to Avengers, Age of Ultron, Thor, The Dark World. Sif was in multiple episodes. Nick Fury was in multiple episodes. It, exactly. One episode, right? Phil Coulson is canon. The entire series, <laughs> right? So yeah, I don't under. I, so I don't understand, right? And Daisy was an Inhuman on the show right and then there was so, black bolt and the inhuman show yeah but that that doesn't matter you can make that non-canon if they wanted to right but yeah the agents but of shield black bolt yes right but again they also use charles xavier from the fox x-men so true true that's true. not that in that movie that's so that's not saying much but again agents of shield should be canon and they already have inhumans so i don't understand why they're so against using inhumans like they don't even have to like she could literally be the only inhuman that they talk about in the mcu and then possibly her show could have her dealing with other inhumans and then bang boom then you can drop some inhumans but then you don't have to use them like you never you don't have to use them you can you can mention them here you can possibly have one or two pop up here and there like but you don't have to use them right that's true. Like, but, That's true. But you know what I mean? Like, just make it accurate. Now, all of a sudden, she's going to be going to fucking Professor Xavier's school for the gifted, right? No, all of, this, all of a sudden? I had to ask. This is the other thing that I have to ask. Is it possible that just because they said mutation, and even though they use the sound, could the mutation still be defined as an inhuman trait? Yes. Yes. So it's still possible. But, the, it, but yes. So it goes back to my the two theories I had. Well, not it's not two theories. It's the one theory. But when we were talking about it originally... And I said it's a mutation of the cells. That's that's essentially what Bruno said. So he's not necessarily saying she's a mutant, but her her gene her, her her genes are changing. Like right, her cellular whatever is changing. Right, which is what I said earlier. And then again, it goes back to my theory: the bracelet can activate something triggering the terogenesis, and instead of it actually being like you know a cloud or this rock, sh like whatever, right? The it just thing, yeah. yeah, like it could just be a different way of terogenesis, right? They might not <laughs> call it that, but that's basically what it would be, right? So I mean, who knows? My th my yeah. theory my theory might be right because basically, yeah, the whole gin thing was is again just like. You know what I mean? So those, like, all her ancestors, they could have all been in humans. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Instead yeah. of... instead it's, of It's been thousands of years, right? Yeah, right? But instead of jinns, you know what I mean? They're just in humans. And it's, again, just like how the Asgardians are considered gods, but technically they're not, right? Which is exactly what is stated in the show earlier, saying, you know what I mean? Like, if they... Like, like, like Buddy said, like, if Thor landed in, you know what I mean? Like, in that area, he would have been called a jinn, right? So the whole jinn thing, like I said, was just stupid to even bring about because again it was just completely debunked at the end of the episode so it's like yep. why was what was the purpose of that you know what i mean it's so dumb who knows who knows right we're not the writers um so after that we get the credit scene because obviously there's really nothing else oh yeah uh, and there's, there's there's one more thing there was a there was a shawarma reference which you know heroes get shawarma at the oh, end of yeah. uh, at the end of saving the world so yep. do you say let's go get shawarma yeah yeah. yeah uh and then kamala's in her room and this is the credit scene kamala's in her room uh suddenly the bangle starts like lighting up and reacting she stands up and then something happens i don't know exactly how to describe it and poof carol danvers has taken her place uh no bangle on her wrist by the way just her usual wrist gauntlet things 
So that was yeah. weird. So basically, right? So the the bangle starts to beep. Basically, it's like it's sending out sending out a beacon, just yeah. like how like the Ten Rings was doing at the end of Shang Chi. Oh yeah. Right. So again, the Nor can be connected to. I have no Hello. idea what. The Talo, right? No, Talo's yeah. the place. I guess yeah, the, Nor, the, the Nor dimension. So yeah, so Talo and Nor, Nor could also be from the same place, or they could just be reacting in the same way, right? Like, hmm. you know what I mean? I don't. I, I'm not too sure. But the other thing is, is the theory is Carol is going to be going to the negative zone essentially, right? For some reason, and and so that's going to happen in her movie, and then something's going to happen and she's going to swap places with Kamala. That that will that'll be how Kamala gets brought into the movie, right? Mm-hmm. And then Carol is going to have to leave. Yeah, she's going to have to find Monica Rambo and use and try and use Sword's resources to get into the negative zone, right? Therefore trying to figure out how to save Kamala if that's even a thought, right? If she mm-hmm. even like puts that together that she switched places with somebody. Um so with that being said, this also brings up like the the villain of that movie is probably going to be a nihilist, right? He's, you know, king bug of the negative zone, right? Mm-hmm. The other bangle could also be there. So the bangles could actually be the negabands, not the quantum bands, the negabands. Um right so i mean i guess your theory about or thinking that they were the quantum bands is close but again still theory but they're more yeah, likely speculation right now. it's more likely to be the nega bands so they're saying that the other bangle is there in the negative in the negative verse and so some carol somehow triggered something that basically activated the bang like the bangle so maybe when carol picked up the bangle it activated and so she swapped places with the other bangle right but because she wasn't wearing it it didn't come with her oh i like that I so like that. yeah that's kind of my theory so yeah I, I i'd enjoy seeing nihilus but they better not like they better not fucking gore the god butcher him like like they <laughs> did you know what i mean no, he he's. I've seen pictures of him. He he strikes me as either something extraordinarily large and robotic, or straight up CGI. It has to be CGI. There's it, it, if it's not, and they make it a, like a humanoid, it, that's stupid. Yeah, like, no, there's no, that would be like turning Ultron into a person. Basically, yeah, he basically looks like Ultron with like fire coming out of his mouth, I believe, and like wings, and he commands, you know, some insect army so what do you hear I mean, his that voice in your cool. head sounding like 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 a bug creature from like tv like when you see like in in like anime and stuff like when they have like certain like insect creatures that can speak that's what he sounds like interesting he talks like a bug like how a bug would interesting. speak all right and not, and not like the bugs from a bug's life talk about <laughs> anime bugs or like just like like just like not justice league but like the teen uh young justice like the like the insect people on that you probably sounds closer to that shout out Maggie. i'll give Maggie yeah. the, the call on this one because he talks about young justice all the fucking time yeah um yeah so i think you got some questions now what did you think of the episode overall after after last week this was one hell of an improvement uh, last week was kind of like a slog to me uh this one never seemed to fall except for with the cgi so I actually really enjoyed this episode. What about you? I can say I didn't hate it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there wasn't, again, there wasn't really a fight. And you know me, I'm the combat guy. Like, I'd rather see more fighting than them. Like, like we said in the last episode, like, the DODC being the bad guys, that's crap. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of lame. um, 
you know? So, yeah, I mean, like, it looked good. The story was okay. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't dislike it as much as some of the other episodes in the season. So, that's fair. Did you kind of think that we were going to get a Kamran as the villain for the remainder of the episode at first when he first started getting angry? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. I mean, it's in his DNA. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what was uh something you disliked from the episode? Um yeah, every time you've said it and every time I've thought about it that CGI has gotten worse. <laughs> it's so really, yeah, really bad. It is really yeah, really bad. And it is just when she's running off the ground with the, the hard light steps. So yeah, that's that's my serious complaint about this episode is that bad CGI. Okay. I assume yours is the same. Um yeah, for the most part and then the whole you can take the sewers to the harbor. When he jumped down, how did he know which way to go? Like How did she even know there was like How yeah, exactly. How did she even know that there was a sewer there to begin with? And how did she know that it led to the harbor? And how did he know which way to travel to get to the harbor right because you know it definitely wasn't just a straight shot to the harbor right he had to make turns and whatnot right you know i've seen ninja turtles they're not just straight fucking pipes going all the way down to certain places there's many many curves and shit so i've seen the dark that rises you don't just get there yeah so that's probably my biggest dislike like even as bad as the cgi was that whole like plot like that there was dumb and i cannot get over that whole all those for all those reasons so, so i'm gonna I'm gonna dub that a plot hole. Who is your favorite character? Uh, I almost say her parents because of how awesome they were. I can't say one person. I'm gonna say her family and friends. They all deserve a big pat on the back for being as supportive as they are. All of her family and friends that were there for her in this episode, they're it's all not, my favorites. That's not how this works. It's one God damn you. Character. God damn you. All right. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna give it to Kamala. She deserves it. Her family okay. is the other side, but she's she was really great in this episode. Her acting was solid. Her her use of her powers to be both a, a protector and finally offensive. The visuals with the embiggening were so was just really 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 well done. Yeah, Kamala. Okay. Well, what about you? Honestly, I probably have to give it to the agent that fired the shitty agent. So obviously, yours is probably the same garbage lady psycho lady from orange is the new black um she's she's yeah she's probably the worst character so she's definitely my dislike i'm assuming she's yours she Um, had people shoot at a fucking school and a kid to boot so several kids so yeah so but the character i like the most probably that other agent because it kind of you know what i mean like he you just see like he's doing his job he doesn't want to hurt people so he's showing you that the do that you know what i mean like he's i find he's a good representation of the dodc like they're not out here to hurt you know what i mean like yeah you know do that kind of shit like they just want to make sure yeah they and it seems like they just want to make sure that there is no people with powers just running around destroying shit right would you rather would you rather not like know who the person is and know that they're here to help or would you rather them like destroy a whole bunch of shit and you're just like oh they have superpowers so we'll just leave them alone right like it makes sense to me right but well, i could I be it. i could be totally wrong but yeah so i have to give it to the agent showing that all the dodc aren't pieces of shit yeah he probably would have taken his shoes off the mosque too maybe yeah so okay so what is your overall rating of the episode i have so little complaint about this episode that i'm gonna give it a nine i think it's deserving of a nine it was a great it was a surprisingly great finale for where marvel usually stumbles and falls this one did leave some questions but 
but ultimately it didn't leave me dissatisfied. So I'm going to give it a nine. Okay. And what about you? Uh, my overall rating for this episode, would I'd probably give it like a seven. You know what I mean? I'm not too impressed. You know what I mean? They're still, you know, doing a whole bunch of stupid stuff and not really explaining it. And I don't, and if it is Kamala getting sucked into the negative zone, I don't see how her powers are going to be explained if she is a mutant or an inhuman. I don't see how it'll be explained in that movie. So we're going to be stuck waiting for an explanation of what the hell she is for I don't know how long, right? Can I ask another question about the negative zone really quick? Yeah. Can people breathe in there? <laughs> think so i'm not really too versed on nihilus right i don't know i have no idea seems kind of a strange thing i'm sure it'll get explained away yeah well it's like when you see a nihilus he's like invading the earth right and then like if they're out if they're out going into like the negative zone it's usually like a space team so it's usually like i don't know if they have breathe i don't i have no idea man all right well that season is over which means what is your overall rating of the entire season see as good as this one was this season finale being a higher point than most of the other marvel shows there was still so much slog in the middle and the fact that they didn't make the clandestine the actual villain of the series was really dumb like they should have just kept it them so that takes me down and i i can't confidently give this overall more than a 7.5 even as good as this last episode was so yeah a 7.5 for the season what about you sir all right well i've been really generous with my ratings but it's kind of hard to rate you know what i mean lower because then you kind of feel bad because the show wasn't terrible no, right it definitely wasn't terrible but it also wasn't good like it wasn't really good i guess i'll give it that it was okay you know what i mean it was watchable so i want to give it a five like i want to give it lower but like i'm gonna give it a five it's watchable it's watchable so you liked this show less than you liked thor ragnarok i mean uh, thor love and thunder that's what i'm saying like i was very generous with all my thor ratings if anything all my thor ratings you could probably reduce them all by one and go six five four for my thor ratings which brings so then me and you would agree on love and thunder then Love and Thunder thing. I never said it was a good movie, and I never disagreed with you. you no, but I mean? you did rate it higher than me. But I stated why I rated it higher, and that's the only yeah. reason—the only reason why I did, right? Yeah. But I mean, realistically, yes. I guess I could have just rated it a five and gave it the same rating as Thor one, right? Because they are both bad movies. So, but again, that's what I mean by I'm generous, right? So I would actually shift everything and give Thor one a four, Love and Thunder a five, Ragnarok a six, and Dark World a five. So, yeah. I don't know. I think I still liked at least one. Admit, no, not at least one. Maybe I would still think now. I haven't. I'd have to watch it again to really give a, a second opinion on it. But I still think I liked for sure. I liked Dark World better than I liked Love and Thunder. But I still think I might have liked the first Thor more than Love and Thunder too. <laughs> But you know, I'm not I'm not versed in mythology as much as you are, so you obviously had more room to complain. But you did, but you did. You rated Thor one higher than you rated Love and Thunder, so you do yeah. enjoy Thor one more than Love and Thunder. Yeah, well, I let it sit for a few days to to make sure that I felt that way, because you know, as much as I am a dick writer of Marvel, as you've put it, I uh, I wanted to be on his words, folks. He said it. I could put I could put the screenshots on Instagram. Uh, Ms. Marvel has ended, and then the the, uh, the show did end with Ms. Marvel will return in the Marvels, and that's coming out next year, so we'll see what happens to her then. I don't know. I have zero expectations now for anything Marvel property. Well, if they if they cut the comedy out a little bit. They're not, though. Look at the fucking next show coming out, man. I know. She-Hulk's going to be a, a, apparently a funny show, too, and I uh, I don't know. 
I, I'm I watched it. I just it. I just watched the extended trailer and I was like, dude, this show looks so shit. It's just as corny as Thor, right? Like, I don't even want to watch it. I don't even want to watch it. And the worst part is it comes out on my birthday. So, oh, no. so you have to watch it. Oh, I'm, I'm sharing something with this garbage show. Yeah, I'm not looking uh. forward to it. I'm not looking forward to reviewing it. Heads up, people. Get ready for me ripping this garbage show apart because it was it looks just as bad as Love and Thunder. Well, that will wrap our Marvel segment, and we're going to jump over to Netflix to talk strange. Single female lawyer. And now, Zach's going to tell you about episode one, season four of Stranger Things. So I'm going to start off by prefacing that these are going to be very quick breakdowns. We don't want to have everybody stuck here for three hours as we describe each episode. So we will be very quickly running through descriptions, and then we'll talk about the series as a whole at the end. So episode one. So we start off with a flashback of the facility where Eleven was, and we see some kids training. Then we see a small event of, like, it looks like Eleven killed all the kids, right? Then we jump into, and then we, so we see everybody at the end of the events of season three we see them basically a year later or it's eight months right pretty much a year whatever so we see that 11 is living with will and his brother jonathan and their mother joyce and they're in california and 11 is struggling with like fitting in she's being bullied joyce gets a doll from russia with a note saying hopper is alive meanwhile in hawkins we see mike and dustin they've joined the hellfire club which is basically just a D&D club. And this is where we get to meet Eddie, which is one of the best characters of the season. Oh, yeah. We also see that Lucas is now on the basketball team. So he's hanging out with the cool kids. Lucas and Max, they broke up. And Max has been struggling with the death of her brother, Billy, from the last season. When we meet this new character, Chrissy, is a cheerleader. And she's being haunted by, I don't know, like, at this point, we have no idea what's going on with her, right? So she goes to meet up with Eddie to buy some drugs, and she wants some stronger stuff. So Eddie brings her back to his place, and while in at Eddie's place, she gets possessed and killed by Swamp Thing. And that's the end of episode one. Swamp Thing. <laughs> Go ahead, John, tell us about episode two. All right, episode two. So now that we know Hopper survived, we find out that the explosion at the the mall wasn't something that killed him, but knocked him out and where he was actually taken by the Russians. Uh, he's been imprisoned for the entire eight months since then. Fucking commies. We see that the police have found the body of Chrissy at Eddie's house. Eddie ran. Murray has flown in to help Joyce with the, the note that's from Enzo, stating that uh, Hopper could be basically saved for $40,000 uh, if they bring the money to Alaska. Uh, Mike ends up visiting visiting 11 in California where she's being bullied um first she tries to play it off like she's not being bullied that the people that are her bullies are actually her friends that backfires Uh, she ends up trying and failing to use her powers and ends up being humiliated by the bullies they basically just start making fun of her and pouring a shake on her all the while recording it on camera they don't Um, pour they don't pour that shake they throw it in her face and it was the guy and it was a guy who did it too it wasn't even any of the girls absolute piece of shit if Mike wasn't such a pussy, he should have beat the hell out of that kid. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I would have sat there and watched it happen. Um, oh, fuck no. I would have been hitting him over the head with the skate, just like... Just like Eleven does to Angela. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so she does that to Angela, messes her whole... Well, it messes up her nose, but she's freaking out. Yo, straight up, she had a little cut on her nose. 
Like, and get she was over in it. fucking full panic mode. Uh, Max tells Dustin about Eddie running away because uh, she saw it happen. So they, along with Robin and Steve, go and find Eddie and explain the upside down to him. And Dustin and Eddie come up with the name Vecna for Swamp Thing. Nancy and Fred, uh, another one of the student reporters from the school, go looking into Chrissy's death where Nancy talks to Eddie's uncle. Um, and he tells her about Victor Creel, a man from Hawkins who is locked in a mental institution for allegedly killing his entire family. I'm going to point uh, out here, I'm still calling him Swamp Thing. Watch on the Instagram, I'm going to post a picture of Swamp Thing and Vecna side by side, and you guys will see what I'm talking about. You be the judge. Fred is drawn to the nearby woods uh, by visions of a girl that he accidentally killed, where he ends up being caught and killed by Vecna Swamp Thing. And that is the end of episode yeah who the hell was that kid that was so random he just died uh he just killed him randomly like what okay i feel like it's it's people that are like corrupted by like the feeling of responsibility for death or something or maybe survivor's guilt i I guess i don't because i mean max has survivor's guilt from billy um what's his name there the the kid that died the third he was seeing flashbacks of someone that died around him, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't I don't recall them, the third guy, I don't recall them showing anything with that. And then Chrissy, again, nothing nothing with that. Like, it was her mom tormenting her, so I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily, mer- like, people dying. I think it's, like, PTSD. Yeah, trauma, yeah. People who suffer from that, like, serious things. Because Nancy, like, Nancy, too, later on, like, he gets her, so... It can't yeah. necessarily be just that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Episode three, Zach. So the episode starts. We see Sam Owens is visited by Lieutenant Colonel Sullivan, who is blaming Eleven for Chrissy's death. We then see Eleven is being arrested for assaulting Angela, but she is taken by Owens and his men. Owens explains Hawkins is in danger and he might have a way to return Elle's powers. Elle agrees, goes with him. Joyce and Murray fly to Alaska. Joyce and Murray fly to Alaska to deliver the ransom for Hopper. Hopper bribes a fellow inmate to break his restraints. So Nancy and Robin go to the library to look up info on Victor Creel, and they learn that he blames the death that he blames the deaths of his family members on a demon. Jason, the douchebag from the basketball team, leads the rest of the basketball team to hunt for Eddie thinking that he killed Chrissy in some sort of demonic ritual. Like, these people are fucked. Like, God, the 80s were a crazy time. Yeah, you know, satanic panic. Fucking terrible. Quick quick little side note before we get too far away from this. Victor Creel was played by none other than Freddy Krueger himself, Robert Englund. Yeah, so he probably did kill his own family. <laughs> <laughs> so, Max recalls Chrissy was visiting the guidance counselor before dying. So they decide to break into the school and steal Chrissy and Fred's files. I have no idea who Fred is. Fred's the kid that died in the second one. Oh, the kid with the glasses, the nerd. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they take the, the both of theirs files and they learn that they both suffered from PTSD symptoms similar to Max's own PTSD symptoms. Max starts to hear Vecna's voice, and then we see a grandfather clock in the distance. That's the end of episode three. So, tell us about episode four, John. Episode four. So we get Max dealing with her uh, 
uh, her fate. She's basically accepted that she's going to die um, by writing letters to everyone that she cares about. After that, we get Nancy and Robin. Um, they've come up with a plan to try to talk to Victor Creel. Um, so Nancy and Robin come up with a plan to try to talk directly to Victor Creel. Uh, after that, we see Joyce and Murray. Uh, they're betrayed by Yuri, who wants them to be basically prisoners and turned into the Russian government for more money. Um, and he ends up also getting Hopper and Enzo over to uh, a worse situation for even more money on top of that. So Hopper ends up escaping uh, the the prison camp that he's being held in. But unfortunately, because of Yuri, he gets found pretty much immediately in his little hidden warehouse thing. Jonathan, Mike, and Will uh, plan on trying to sneak away from the guys that are basically protecting them, uh, but before they get to leave the place, the house is attacked by Sullivan's people, presumably. Um, so, right here, we have to point out, though, that the way that they're trying to escape is they call the, the pizza guy, which is... Argyle. Uh, yeah, Argyle, which is um, Jonathan's buddy, right? Stone a friend. So they, their plan was to escape, call pizza, and then escape out the window while they were distracted and leave in the pizza van. So yeah. that, that was their it original didn't plan. quite go that exact way. Yeah. Um, so the soldiers are, are have they seem to have killed one of the guys. The other guy puts up a hell of a fight, which I was really impressed by the fact that he was using a pistol way better than those guys were stormtroopering through that building with uh, assault rifles. Um, he ends up getting shot in the side and all of them make their way to Argyle's truck where he's freaking the fuck out and they tell him to drive and he gets the fuck out of there. Well, they all get the fuck out. So after that, Nancy and Robin manage to get in to speak to Victor Creel, again, played by Robert England, uh, where he tells them about how a supernatural force tormented and killed his family, uh, meanwhile himself being blamed for it because who the fuck's going to believe that that shit exists? Yeah, um, like, who's going to believe a demon kills your wife and daughter? Yeah. And he reveals that the voice of an angel is what brought him back from the same fate, basically. No, didn't he say music? He said the voice of an angel, and then he started humming that song. Ah, gotcha. Then we get Max, Lucas, Dustin, and Steve. Uh, they're all at a cemetery where a Billy happens to be buried. Max is there reading the letter she wrote to his tombstone uh then she starts having her next vision uh which we get a vision of billy which was nice to see him back for even just a moment i liked him in the last season i don't know if i call uh, it a vision i would say that's her being possessed no well it starts as a vision and then she becomes possessed because it's she's sitting there just kind of convulsing and doing her shaking and then he rises as yes has but, caught her. but that's what i mean though like when she goes and she has those visions that's when her eyes would roll back in her head. So uh, technically, yeah, so technically, that's all part of the possession. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so yeah, she's possessed. While we're not, well, everyone else is seeing just her possessed. We're seeing Billy saying he, she wished he was dead, and kind of tor tormenting her. She runs away and comes across what seems to be his house, but all broken up. Vecna's house. Vecna's there. He's asking her what she's doing there. He gets to her. In the real world, she's rising up. And uh, Robin has been trying to get through to Dustin on his big-ass huge walkie-talkie. Uh, they tell him, uh, Robin and Nancy tell him, that music is what's going to basically bring her back. Um, Lucas pulls out Kate Bush, who's running up that hill, puts the headphones on her. I should have said rising later because she wasn't rising yet. But she starts to rise while she's got the headphones on. And it somehow manages to open a portal back to the real world just the music still kind of strange thinking about it now but she manages to rip off a piece of whatever tentacles are on his neck gets him to let her go for a moment long enough to make a run for it he tries to get her with all these things flying at her and vines coming at her 
She makes it out, and that's the end of episode four. Lay it on a Zach, episode five. So we see Owen is taking Eleven to this abandoned silo in Nevada, where he and Dr. Brenner, the douchebag from the, I guess, beginning of the series, Papa. same at Papa, you know, the guy that basically brainwashed these kids and experimenting on these kids. So that absolute doc- piece of shit guy. That Dr. Brenner, right? And so we see that he's created a special isolation tank that allows Eleven to access memories from her past time with the other kids at the Hawking's lab. Eleven tries to escape, temporarily regaining her powers, and she is then convinced to stay, right, and continue with the experiment. In California, in California, Agent Harmon gives the boys a number before dying and they end up calling the number and it connects them to a modem so mike comes up with the genius plan to enlist the help of dustin's girlfriend susie in salt lake now dustin i'm pretty sure has never met susie so his friends get to meet his girlfriend before he does Mm -hmm. that's a little sus that's a little (laughs) sus so we see Hopper is imprisoned with Anatov. While flying to Russia, Joyce and Murray subdue Yuri, and they end up crash landing in a forest. Then we see Max, Lucas, Steve, and Dustin regroup with Nancy and Robin and decide to investigate the old Creel house. Inside, they see flickering lights, and they follow it up the stairs, and this leads them to believe that they can track Vecna's movements in the Upside Down. Jason and the basketball crew actually end up finding Eddie, and Eddie tries to escape in a boat. He rows out into the lake, and Jason jumps in, and this man can, like... I don't know if Eddie is just terrible rower but like jason's like clearly catching up to him and another guy patrick jumps in afterwards and then we just vecna grabs patrick and kills him in the lake and that's the end of the episode episode six john so episode six police end up talking to jason about uh, patrick's death um he's clearly messed up about it Sullivan ends up torturing the surviving guard uh, from episode four to try to figure out where Eleven is. Eleven ends up reliving memories of the friendly orderly uh, that said she shouldn't trust Papa. She also relives the other children actively trying to put her down and make her feel like she wasn't good and she wasn't, she didn't deserve to be there. Susie ends up helping Mike and the others find Nina. She does her fantastic internet sleuthing skills. There's a town meeting. Uh, back in Hawkins, and the parents of all the Hellfire Club kids are all scared because Jason and the basketball boys are basically inspiring the town to pursue the Hellfire Club as Satanists. Dustin and crew head to Eddie over at Skull Rock, and on the way, Dustin's having trouble with his compass, and he figures out that the compass isn't working because of the gates. The gates are making a magnetic pull that affects the polarity of the compass. So they figure out as a result that there is a gate nearby. Uh, and they tra- basically trace it over to the lake where Patrick was killed. They also come to the conclusion that the gates open up at all the murder the sites. The spots where people were murdered, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, thir- uh, back in Russia, Hopper reveals his knowledge of the Demogorgon as the him and the group of people that he's imprisoned with are about to fight him, or it. Um, and he explains that it has a weakness to fire. Joyce and Murray make Yuri help them after Murray kicked the dog shit out of Yuri on the plane. Um, and Murray pretends to be Yuri to get to the prison that Hopper is in. No karate! I gotta say, man, Yuri was, I mean, um, Murray was the fucking shit there. <laughs> if 
fucking I loved him in that shit. That was so funny. So Dustin's group ends up getting to the lake uh, where Steve, Nancy, Robin, and Eddie go back onto the boat out to the lake and try to look for where the gate is. Steve dives into the water, goes out, finds the gate. He comes back up, and as he's coming back up, Swamp Thing's tentacle is also reaching for him, clearly. And it grabs him and pulls him through, and, of course, Nancy, Robin, and Eddie follow. Uh, Steve is getting attacked by the bats that are living in the Upside Down, and cliffhanger end of episode six. Why couldn't they have killed Steve? Fucking or Steve. Jonathan. Yeah. I think I would have rather Jonathan go than Eddie. And now, Zach, episode seven. We pick up with Joyce and Murray, and they're entering the prison, and they witness Hopper and the other inmates fighting a demigorgon. Hopper holds it back with a flaming spear, while Joyce and Murray subdue the guards, and they get into the control room and start opening up all the doors, right? So doing that lets Hopper and Anatov escape, and Joyce and Hopper are reunited. So Dustin and crew figure out Vecna's created doors at every murder site, and they relay this information to the group in the Upside Down. They all reunite at Eddie's trailer at the gate where Chrissy died. As everybody escapes, Nancy gets possessed. And I don't, like, was Steve about to go before Nancy? Or Nancy was supposed to go and she got possessed? I think she was supposed to go and got possessed. Okay, either way. Steve's an idiot, but he's not a piece of shit. I don't know. Well, he's a piece of shit to other men and most women, but he loves Nancy. I guess he's trying to get in them shorts. Well, if he ever did in the first place. So yeah, so Nancy gets possessed by Swamp Thing. It's then <laughs> it's then revealed that Swamp Thing is Victor Creel's son, Henry, and he was the one who killed his mom and sister with his powers, and then he fell into a coma. Then he was placed into Dr. Brenner's care, and this is where Henry becomes number one mm-hmm. which means there was 10 10 more kids that went through all that same bullshit and then 11 11 being one of them yes exactly so two through nine were a bunch of pieces uh, two th- through ten were just a bunch of pieces of shit <laughs> i guess not all of them because remember we met seven or something in one of the seasons and she was like yeah. a, she was like a sister to 11 so yeah that not went nowhere not all of them but yeah it was pretty. that was pretty useless because we never hear or see anything about them again i don't even remember what happened to them well, whatever, right? And then we also see that Henry becomes an orderly, right? That same friendly orderly that was telling, don't trust Papa, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. At this same point, L remembers that it was Henry who killed all the kids and, you know, did all the damage and, and just killed everybody in the labs, right? He He's the one who committed the, the massacre. And so when he tries to recruit her to his side, essentially, Eleven rejects his offer, and they basically go into a force battle. So they're basically just sitting there, you know, force pushing each other, right? And Elle ends up getting the upper hand, and she slams Henry into the wall, right? And basically opens up a portal to the upside down, Sends Henry through it, and then we see Henry get a sh- electrocuted, and his face burns off, and then he turns into Swamp Thing. 
So I didn't I didn't realize Swamp Thing was related to Lightning, but yeah, that's so that's the end of episode seven. So you tell say us, Lightning, Swamp Thing, I say he got palpatined. So yeah, tell us about episode eight. Episode eight, the return from the break. So this episode starts with a flashback to Young Eleven just after sending Vecna into the Upside Down for the first time, then flashing further back to when he was just one and getting his first tattoo, or his tattoo. Uh, and it turns out we're just seeing what Nancy is seeing. She's look, looking around and seeing everything happen, and then we find out that Vecna is showing her, and he wants her to, do, to go and tell Eleven his plan and everything that's happening. So back in Russia, Hopper, Joyce, Murray, and Enzo continue trying to escape now knowing of several Demogorgons, as well as the fact that the Russians were experimenting on them. Uh, they also come across a black sandstorm, which is basically the Mind Flayer, um, and that's encapsulated in some room, but I don't even understand how the fuck they have that. Well, uh, actually, that was a really cool revelation, because you're like, why is this fucking weird kid, Henry, playing with all these fucking spiders, right? And then you see he made the Mind Flayer, which is basically a big spider, yeah. right? So. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, Eleven is brought back uh, from what appears to be near death, and she's able to use her powers again. Uh, Mike is telling Will that he thinks Eleven won't need him anymore, uh, but Will tells him that she will always need him. And this is when we come to find out, and I found out that this is confirmed today, Will loves Mike. And he's gay. That's that's Mike. that is completely obvious. Like, I mean, that yeah. did it, that didn't even need to be pointed out. Like, not yeah. I'm not saying like you pointing it out. I mean, like for showrunners to come out and say that yes, Mike is in love with Will. Like, it's fucking obvious. Like, yeah, it was it was very very clear that uh, with that specifically, like, and you felt bad for like for Will. Like, you could tell he was at least the actor was was emoting it really really well. Well, it's because he's the only. 25 year old on the cast so <laughs> with a bowl cut the poor kid that's why he was crying because of that fucking haircut yeah and i wouldn't call him a kid that's a that's a that's a man all right all the other all the others weird yeah all the others are are 19 18 through like 19 and then he's 25 he's like the same age as his brother and and nancy like it's ridiculous He's also like seven feet tall, which is so insane. I mean, so is Mike, though. Mike is extremely yeah. tall, too. Mike is a beanpole, though. He's like fucking, he, he weighs nothing. All of his weights and his clothes and his hair. Um, so Papa tells Eleven that Vecna is killing to allow the Upside Down to take over the real world. Uh, so then she meditates to go and make sure her friends are okay, going to where Max and all of those ones are. She sees Nancy telling the group about her vision um and max realizes that the only he only needs four gates to actually make his plan work four gates four kills four bell tolls so with that they resolve to go and kill vecna uh back in russia again hopper's group has escaped uh from the prison and they make yuri promise to bring them to america yuri the slippery tongued devil who's probably lying spoiler alert After, yeah, he's not yeah, yeah not this time <laughs> not this time because fucking Enzo says if you fucking betray us again, I'll kill you. I don't give a shit. Enzo is a badass. Um, so Nancy's group steals a motor home from the trailer park, and they go to buy weapons to use against Vecna. I see the point. I don't understand the logic. This man is powerful, and you think guns... I mean, clearly... He's a, he's a psychic. Yeah, but he's also a demon. <laughs> Or no, comes he's, off he's, as a demon. Yes, but they've also come across the realization of who he is. He was a normal person. So yeah. 
You know what I mean? So yeah, so it makes it actually makes Wait, sense. Did they know he was normal? Yes, because she sees. Oh him yeah, as that's right. Because Henry right, and that's stuff, right, that's right. right. Yeah, you're so right. It makes sense. Yeah, no, you're right. So this back and forth from Russia shit. Uh, Hopper and the rest of his group are they they make their way to Yuri's safe house, and Yuri has this helicopter essentially. Uh, that he is, I don't know, he's fucking weird. Um, but he says that it'll make it to Alaska and or to America. And Hopper says that he wants to try to call Owens. And so Enzo goes through whatever it is in Russia that you have to do to make an outgoing phone call to another country, and tells him that they have to, might have to wait for days, hours, whatever. It's unknown. Um, back in America again, Nancy and the group are buying weapons, and they narrowly avoid getting followed by the jocks that are looking for Eddie because they want to kill him too. Mike's group, finally, uh, they are looking for Nina uh, with the coordinates that Susie gave them, and Argyle, of all people, finds the tracks of the military vehicles that are going towards the site. We see that the military vehicles are approaching, and it turns out to be Sullivan. They've got like five, six Humvees and a helicopter flying in. So we find out that Eleven wanted to leave. Owen says it was her choice. Papa doesn't seem like he wants it to be that way. And then as Eleven's getting ready to leave, we find out that Owens was taken and beaten. As she says she's still going to leave and threatens to kill uh, Papa, he takes a big-ass needle and stabs her in the neck, sticks it in her neck to drug her, and she almost is able to kill his ass, like, within a second or two of his life before she passes out. She wakes up. All of a sudden, she's got this, I don't know, it was like a shock call. I don't know what the fuck kind of collar it was, but she's got this collar on that's going to prevent her from using her powers against Papa again. Those and then called, suddenly... Those are called inhibitor collars. Is it an inhibitor? Okay. I wasn't sure exactly what they, the purpose was. I didn't really remember seeing it before. Sullivan and his group of military dudes bust in. They break down the front door and they basically lay everyone to waste. Papa takes Eleven and a bunch of scientists that are leaving out a back door. Papa gets outside with her. He's carrying her. All the scientists are dead. And then you see a helicopter with a gunman. The gunman shoots Papa in the arm. He still tries to make a run for it. Gunman fucks him up. <laughs> Gets him in the leg, gets him in the back, through the chest. He drops 11. They're looking to get the shot. Sullivan's talking to Owens, and Owens is like, no, don't kill her. She might, you know, you could be wrong about this. He says no, gives the permission to kill her. Uh, just as the gunman's about to take the shot, he gets distracted by Argyle driving, or Jonathan driving, someone's driving. They're driving up, and when they go back to look at Eleven, she is no longer lying down. She's standing up, and she starts to use her powers. Really, really cool. She fucking makes it start to spin out like crazy, throws it up, and then smashes that shit into the ground. Blows up all the Humvees. Really fucking explosive battle. Nice, cool shit. Papa's lying there, dead on the ground, basically still alive, but barely. Um, just as Mike and everyone shows up, he lets the collar off of her. And he tries to tell her that he did it for love, and he hopes she understands. And she just says goodbye. They make their way away as Sullivan and, and his soldiers leave the facility. Papa dies, and they get away. Uh, and then Nancy and her group head to take their fight to Vecna as the episode comes to an end. So, yeah. And now for the full-length feature film of a final episode of season four of Stranger Things. I'll tell you right now, mine is nowhere near as long as what you just did. So, watch me condense two and a half hours. Let's get it. Do it. So, the, we pick up with the group, and basically they enact their plan. Max, Lucas, and Erica go to the Creel house while Steve, Nancy, and Robin go into the upside-down counterpart to attack Vecna. Then we see 
Dustin and Eddie, right? They're trying to set up a distraction to draw the bats away from the other group. So we get some crazy dope-ass guitar licks from Eddie on top of the trailer. Like, yep. he's just, you know, ripping some upside-down chords. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so. he's playing Master of Puppets by Metallica. Fucking fantastic. Yeah, right. But, so then all the bats basically show up, and Dustin and Eddie get overwhelmed. So Eddie ends up sacrificing himself to basically save Dustin, because Dustin got bit in the leg or something, right? We then see Eleven's group, and they basically create an isolation tank for her to enter Max's mind and to basically help them fight Vecna. I can't remember how they knew the about the plan that they were going to use because the other group came up with the plan to use max as bait to draw out vecna and so it's like how did 11 know that was the plan i think it was when she was meditating on my episode she was listening in to nancy tell them about what she saw in the vision and she was there for the plan before they left to go get the motor home okay all right, well... So I think, I think okay. she was sitting in for that whole thing. All right, so, yeah. So, Eleven enters Max's mind and basically starts fighting with Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing overwhelms Eleven and ends up possessing Max, and he reveals to Eleven that he has controlled the Upside Down ever since she sent him there. Mike professes his love to Eleven, giving her the strength to break Swamp Thing's control over max but max dies from her injuries the power of love the fucking power of love the biggest anime bullshit trope <sighs> hopper joyce and murray re-enter the prison and kill the remaining demigorgons weakening vecna steve robin and nancy set vecna's physical form ablaze and shoot him out of a window apparently killing him 11 it was all then, rambo style yeah so then then we see the group at this point we see max and you know she's kind of dead so we see 11 use her powers right and she basically brings max back to life i think D, &D okay. lay on hands <laughs> kind of yeah right but with max dying this allows vecna's four gates to activate and just tear through Hawkings. Then we see two days later, the town is recovering from the earthquake. Like, we see the town just get outright obliterated. You know what I mean? And we see everyone is reunited. Max is in a coma, right? And we see everybody visit her. Will is able to sense Vecna is still alive. And the Upside Down begins invading Hawkins. And that's the end of the season. So here's my thing. If they're going to do a time skip, which is unnecessary because all the kids from Stranger Things, except for Will, are the same age as Kamala Khan, playing the same aged character. So I don't see the issue there. And if they're going to do a time skip, you're telling me all these people left the town of Hawkins all fucked up like that for whatever length of time skip they have? Makes no sense. Why would they not why would it not just pick up from where it left off and then go and finish off the the upside down? Like that makes absolutely zero sense. I have no idea. I have no idea. And we're probably going to have to wait two more fucking years to find out. Yeah. So, I don't I don't know. All right. So, what were some things you enjoyed from this season? Eddie, Eddie 
freaking Munson. That man, that he stole the show this season. I'm not asking you about your favorite character. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I loved Eddie. I, I thought, uh, let's see, what else did I really... I actually really liked the concept of Vecna. I liked that whole, he was being, he was one and ended up being like basically Eleven's exact opposite, but still equal, I guess. I thought that was a really cool concept. I... I don't know that I liked Eleven having to get her powers back the way that she did, though. So I know that's kind of a segue into something that I didn't like. Yeah, I, there are things that I can complain about, but I did like, I liked Eddie a lot. I liked Dustin a lot. I thought the acting was great this season for the most part. I didn't really have too much to complain about with the acting. Um, even Erica, who I thought was kind of a shitty actor in the earlier seasons. She was too young and she just, you could tell she was a kid. Who the fuck is but Erica? Lucas's little sister. I found her to be less annoying this season than I remember having this feeling of in the past. So yeah, I liked the story. I liked the acting. I liked that the CG wasn't terrible. It was, it was pretty minimal. good. It was, they had good practical effects. Yeah, they, they I mean, we saw that Vecna uh, scene, uh, the um, makeup thing, and I didn't realize how much of it was practical until that. Which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was a lot of a lot of good stuff. What about you? Um, you probably hit the nail on the head. Like, there's not much else to say, really. Like, everything, like all that stuff was good, but I'm just, I think it just, like I, like it just took too long to come out, and I just kind of over it. So, like, I'm not, you know what I mean, as overly excited as you know most people were, right? Don't get me wrong, it was good. But yeah, I don't know. I I, I like the, the same things that you just said, so let's we'll just go with that. Ooh. What was something you disliked? The separation. I thought. I mean, despite the fact that it made sense across the story, having Mike, Will, Jonathan, and Argyle in one place, Nancy and that whole group in one place, and then Hopper in that group in Russia, it just all over the place. So frustrating. So so frustrating going back and forth. It was kind of like the Star Wars fights. You get. You're in the middle of this thing happening, and all of a sudden you go to a completely unrelated, different tone scene. And it's like, you're supposed to try to have those reserved feelings for this person or that person as something's happening, and then something else happens altogether. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it probably could have served the series better to, you know, do it that way. Like, you know, like, go, you know, a little do more all linear. of... All of, yeah, Hopper shit, and then, you know, do all of Mike and Eleven stuff, or we'll do Eleven stuff until the, he meet like, till Mike meets up with them, you know, take, like, a, take, like, one episode and just do each thing, you know what I mean? And if, you know, the whole thing with, like, Nancy and them, that could have been, like, three episodes, right? And then they yeah. could have, they could have just made it so that it, they could have made it so that it looked like it was all happening, like, congruent at the same yeah, time, like right? They like, could have done so, the episodes and then said, and then the next episode, it says, meanwhile in Hawkins. And you'll exactly, see the yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That would have definitely made it more better. More better. Um, but yeah, so the thing that I probably dislike is I just lost my excitement for it. So just the amount of time it takes them to get this shit out is just too much. Too much time. So like, I just wasn't as excited and it was kind of a slog to get through. Not going to lie. So Yeah, there was some slower points. Yeah. So the overall plot, what did you think? Good. Bad. I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a good one. Uh, I, like I said, and just in my complaint with the uh, the jumping around, that was really the only argument I had with the plot too. You could have made the story linear, and it would have been 
better. But other than that, I really couldn't improve on it too much myself. What about you? I thought it was okay. Let's just say I, I, I didn't hate it, right? But I don't know. That's your compliment if you like something at this point. Yeah, ba- basically, right? Like, again, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but it was to me, it was nothing special, right? So they have to really come out with some fire season five or else I'm just, yeah, I'm just not going to care. So Hot uh, twist, Will is the mind flare. Will is the fucking 25-year-old, 16-year-old. Yeah, I don't know. The The overall plot was okay. It, 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 all the jumping around, and to be honest, I didn't, I did not care for anything that was going on with Joyce and Hopper. Like, they could have left... They could have left all that shit out, you know what I mean? And then Hopper just show up at the end of the episode, and I would have been Pride, happy. Motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, you know, so it was okay. Who's your favorite character? Well, I guess I already yeah. know. Yeah, you definitely know. Eddie, Eddie Munson, 100%. Stole yeah. the whole show for this this whole season. He was so good. And then, of course, you know, they have to kill him off, right? Yeah, although I was reading some theories that no, he's dead. I hope... He's, no, he's dead. There's... Yeah. Huh. There's no, there's no theories that will change that. <laughs> Least favorite? Uh, that fucking jock kid, Jason, he was such a piece of shit. Fucking completely just blinded by rage. And I get that. He's like the Peter Quill of this, this series. But that doesn't mean I have to like what he did. He punched Thanos in the face at the wrong time. No, Jason was trash. Like the one you beat up... Um... Like when he beat up Lucas and all that shit, yeah. like it what was, just, it was pretty good that like we didn't mention it, but yeah, he got he got torn torn apart by the opening of the Vecna gates, so he he got his right. Yeah. So it's not. Yeah, he thing. got cut in half. <laughs> he, Fucking good for him. No, he got full on. He did get cut in half, but he fully got disintegrated. Like yeah. the rest of his body got disintegrated. But yeah, so he got his. Yeah, definitely um, the fate he deserves. Fucking pile of shit he is. Oh, for sure. For sure. So what about uh, what about you? Your favorite and least favorite? Um. Well, you know me. Favorite's always the villain, right? <laughs> so, you know. Love you back, some Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing was pretty cool, even though he looked exactly like Swamp Thing. Look out for that post on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's. You know what I mean. He's probably one of the better things, um, about the season. And least favorite. I have to give it to Papa, like Dr. Brenner, like trash. It is a trash man, so. Yeah, yeah. he sucked. So, would you watch the sequel, obviously? Yes, yes I would watch yeah. a sequel, but you know what I mean? Just don't take fucking four years to come out with it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hope it's no more than two. I hope they're already filming it. I hope. I really do hope. So. Would you recommend it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. What about you? If you watch Stranger Things, yes. You know what I mean? But I probably wouldn't I probably wouldn't recommend it until the fifth season comes out. Until it's finished. Because I don't want to put people through the same waiting bullshit that, that we went through. So I wouldn't recommend it right away. But I will when the season, when the series finishes. Then I probably Binge would. Binge it all together binge it all together yeah we'll watch it at your own pace but then you don't have to like you know get to the end of season four and then you're like well what happens next this the town is fucking destroyed you know what i mean and then wait two years cliffhanger 
right? By the time and then by the time you actually forget about it, then they're like, "Oh yeah, it's coming back." And you're like, "Oh, I literally forgot about that." You know? So so yeah. So what's your overall rating? I can't give this less than Ms. Marvel as a series because I like this more. So I'm going to give this a 9.5. Okay. And what would you say? I was just very like like I've been saying, like I don't know. It like it's not it's not bad. I'm just not into it anymore. Um but if it had come out two years ago, would you have been probably more into it? Oh, for sure, a hundred percent. Um, but again, it's not bad, so I'm not going to give it a bad rating. Like I said, I'm just not into it anymore. But overall, I would say it was a solid eight, right? So yeah, solid eight. So the man who trashes everything gives something an eight. Hooray! <laughs> I usually give my the movies I choose high ratings yeah that's fair mine on the other hand mm, you pick <laughs> you pick some ass juice uh ass juice movies ass juice that's an interesting term for a movie well it's a term that like so in elden ring there's these giant ants and they legitimately shoot juice out of their like thorax so they shoot at uh, ass juice at you gross. and it hurts and it hurts a lot so gross yeah so gross ass juice yeah so i guess that pretty much covers everything so yeah make sure you check out the geek talk network that's where you can find us um you can also check out the other show on the network what in the anime so that one's hosted by dustin and tyler our good friends um they obviously they review anime uh, movies tv shows i understand um they also do uh, interviews they do different segments every week uh, sometimes you get battles uh, more recently they did jeopardy with zach and zach wiped the floor with dustin and now they have to do another trivia episode just to get their belt back yep they can try but i think sorry that, dustin i think that belt staying over here with uh movie night for a little while yeah, now. yeah that was, <laughs> it was it was definitely a fun listen yeah <laughs> So, Spo- yeah. spoil- spoiler alert, spoiler alert, I'm terrible at trivia, or movie trivia, but I'm actually pretty yeah. good at anime trivia, so. The hilarious irony between the two of you. So, you can also find us on Instagram at Podcast, on Twitter at Boys, on TikTok at Pod, and on Facebook at Pod. Where else can we be found, Zach? Uh, make sure you check out our YouTube channel, Movie Night with the Boys exclamation mark Mm -hmm. and yeah like i said the geek talk network and uh before we go we should obviously mention the fact that we're covering another movie next week or in two days not next week now um you're gonna hear our cover of hustle and speaking of geek talk and what in the anime we'll be having along with us dustin and tyler so check us out on thursday for that hustle i think that's it pretty much so So, zach it has been real it has john Deuces. deuces listening to Movie Night with the Bull.